used to be when a soundtrack came out, everybody ran to get the soundtrack because soundtracks offered a chance to hear new artists, see new things. And if you're, you're a, a recording artist, then you actually get a chance to put stuff out there that you normally wouldn't put out, try some things out. And in the end, it got you out to your audience faster and got you to new audiences faster. And that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit on just getting out there and making speed happens. Yeah, uh, definitely. Soundtracks used to be classic, Helio. Nice to have you here. Especially, uh, I mean, I guess I guess recently, what has there been? There's been Black Panther. Th that soundtrack really hit it off the way soundtracks used to. I mean, there are a couple original scores, but those don't really count. Like, you got stuff from really good music coming out of the Star Wars Lucasfilm camp, but that's not like soundtrack stuff. This was what we're talking about um, right here, just being able to get stuff out quickly and make things happen. And soundtracks were a great way to do that. So let me get off this really quick thing on soundtracks and get into the intro. Welcome to the ADD experience where we use the power of art, design, development to create a better world for us and those that we care about. I'm your host, Mr. Benja. I'm a former video game developer and lifelong creator. I want to personally thank all of you listening, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on the podcast streams, or whether it's live on AMP. I'd like to thank you all for coming through and helping create good things in this world. If you haven't done so, go ahead and drop a comment or a like while you're here. Share this out to people who you might think be might think would be interested, and let me know what you're thinking about as always. And so to make sure I'm not lost in the mix, go ahead and subscribe and share. All right, that's my little boilerplate intro. Probably going to shorten that up a little bit, but I wanted to make one in the in the spirit of speed putting things together to make things happen. So yeah, the Flash movie is coming out and it's going to be all about the the original speedster, the person who moves really quickly and can and that's basically his superpower, he can move very fast. Very interesting character, very interesting thing. We're going to get into how he moves about his and how how we can learn from the 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 stories about speed and what speed could do for us, why we're not going as fast as we should, how we can go faster, a couple of the pitfalls, and most importantly, ways to actually get faster. As you know, I'm a creator, so I always like to talk about the creative angle and any time works like the Flash movie or just any type of popular creative work comes out that inspires this stuff, I figure it's a good time to talk about it. There's a time for slacking off and all that, but generally I start to get a little lazy around Wednesday. So I'm glad that this, this is happening around this time. And yeah, Wednesday's a hump day. If you can make it over Wednesday, I can coast through Thursday and Friday. And, and this is not like a job nine to five kind of thing. It's just the way I structure my weeks. I, I take it really, really seriously. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I need that little extra push coast through Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday, I do my own little projects. It's just a way where I keep things moving. So yeah, speaking of speed, man, uh, I usually, I mentioned breakfast a little while ago. I usually have something small for breakfast, uh, just a little bit of, you know, maybe, maybe some, uh, some fruits and vegetables, a little bit of broccoli and chicken for, or broccoli and eggs in the morning. No, that sounds crazy, but there's this broccoli slaw I like. It's like chopped up slivers of broccoli. I use that instead of like grits or whatever. Um, but anyway, it, it works out for me and I've, I've been doing that lately. 
uh, keeps me going throughout the day and I don't have to get too full off of anything and that I don't load up on a bunch of carbs, like breads or pastas or rice or anything in the morning. So that's what I've been doing. Basically fruits and vegetables. So got a little Del Monte fruit in me earlier and we're doing good now. So whatever I can, whatever you can do to set your day straight so you can keep on moving at a nice clip, a nice speed. And that's what we're going to talk about because I'm thinking about the flash and this is where I know I tend to mix a lot of concepts together, but this is how they come through my mind. So bear with me and I hope you follow along and ask questions or comment if anything starts to go too off into the weeds. But I was thinking about the flash and I am a comic head. I used to collect comics. I used to read them, enjoy them. I was the one kid watching superpowers after school while people were outside playing football in the street. I'd, I'd play football in the street, but after the cartoons went off and after I saw Super Friends and the Flash was always an interesting character to me because his superpower was just being fast. And I, I realized something. He couldn't get the rest of his life together, but he could run fast. I mean, he could do so much, but just couldn't get it all together. And interestingly enough, couldn't seem to get everything done. He was just naturally fast. So a little history here on the character of the Flash. So you have this guy, Barry Allen, um, Barry West. And he gets in an accident in a lab that causes all of his atoms and DNA to get supercharged with something that allows him to enter this place called the Speed Force. It allows him to access this place, this energy source where time is altered. And it's it's really confusing when you start to get into it. So I won't get in too deep into the speed force, but basically he can access this time altering force that allows him to move extremely quickly, which opens up a whole whole new dimensions. Literally, it opens up new dimensions for him, the speed. So the problem is, and this is you can check this with a lot of the DC characters, it's a little harder to read in the Marvel characters. I'm not saying it's better or worse, but when you're looking at the DC characters, you have a tragic situation for these characters, not just a tragic flaw, but a tragic situation. And the thing with the flash is that no matter how fast he goes, he can't seem to ever catch up to the problems that are developing in his life. And that's his tragic situation. No matter how fast he is, there's always problems. And people would say, well, he's fast. He can just go do what? Well, yep. He wasn't fast enough to save his, his parents from dying, save his mother from dying and save his father from being jailed. If you know the story of the flash, basically he comes home, finds out his mother has been murdered. He didn't get home fast enough. If he would have gotten there faster, he believes that he could have saved her. So. He ends up trying to go back in time later, still doesn't work. It's a big problem. And you'll see that in the Flash movie when you see it. Um, they're playing out a certain Flash story that's very classic, but this is not a spoiler. It's just kind of the Flash history. And you can see it in the trailers too. And then his father is imprisoned. He wasn't fast enough to, to learn what he needed to do to get him the evidence, to get him out of jail. So now his father's stuck. 
His father's stuck somewhere and can't move. And he can do all this moving and running around. But one of his heroes, his father, is stuck. His mother's no longer with him. Tragic story. And that's basic Flash lore. So there's plenty more to see in the movie. Don't worry about spoilers. But he's never fast enough. His mind isn't fast enough to keep the clever solutions that Batman has. He's, he's technically a little faster than Superman, but still Superman is more super. And so he can never really keep up with him. He doesn't have the, the leadership ability. He doesn't have the social skills necessary to, to deal with his problems and issues. And he gets taken out by people who are a lot slower than him. So it's all about speed in this tragic situation. So I know a lot of you have had situations where you try to go faster and it seems like everything messes up when you try to move too fast or too quickly. Even though speed seems like it's this great superpower. Well, it is. Speed is a great superpower. And I realized how much of a superpower it was when I saw a lot of people zooming past me in life. I used to be a very careful, cautious, predictable by the book, ABC, one, two, three type of individual. I wasn't trying to go faster than anybody because there were so many precautions and fears put in front of me. It's like, well, you should slow that down or, well, wait a minute, let's make sure we have everything correct. Well, hold on. Don't go too fast there. Your brother's not going to be able to keep up or hold on. We're just getting our things ready. We need you to, we need to slow down just a bit. And there are dangers, of course, and we'll get into that. But for the most part, speed is good. You can get a lot more things done faster. Um, and here, here's some of the benefits. Let me just list them out. First of all, you get more done in less time. That's, that's pretty obvious, right? You, you want to get something done. You sit around and look at all the things that could be done, and you're wondering, why wasn't I fast enough? Why couldn't I get X, Y, and Z accomplished? Because you weren't fast enough. You could have done that yesterday and it wouldn't have been a problem today and you could deal with better things. Some of you may be asking yourself, why didn't I get on certain social media platforms earlier? Why didn't I get, why didn't I get the promotion? Well, this other guy did the job faster than me or he turned in his application before I did and it was as simple as that, just speed. In fact, one of the things that pissed me off in life and that broke me out of my situation was a summer internship I had with the, the University of Minnesota Supercomputing Center. As I said, I made, video game, uh, I made video games for several years. And one of the things leading up to that, that situation or that, that opportunity was an internship with the University of Minnesota. So while I'm in college, I'm running around trying to figure out how to get, get ahead in life. And this internship opportunity comes up. So I apply, I get the internship and go up there and it's all great. People from all different walks of life are there. They've got us piled into this auditorium and they're given the orientation. Now I've done my homework cause I'm thinking you're supposed to do your homework and this is what matters and being very knowledgeable, doing your homework, understanding the people and who you are. And there was this one presenter there at the University of Minnesota supercomputing internship lecture series orientation thing that they were having. There was one professor there who had a lot of work in, in graphics. He had done work with video game like systems. He had done a lot of 
human computer interaction. And that's basically how you interface with a computer or a technological system. And that's what video games are all about. You interacting with digital systems. So I'm like, holy crap, this guy is who I need to talk to. Out of all these panelists, out of all these people, that's the guy I need to talk to. I learned his name, got his background in history. I had sh shook his hand earlier and we, we made friends beforehand. So I'm thinking I'm there, right? I'm going, doing everything by the book. It's like, all right, I'm going to go talk to this guy. It's going to be great. I've already talked to him. I'm going to talk to him more after this orientation. Because the way it worked is with these orientations, they set you up with uh, a mentor, a guide, a professor, an industry professional, somebody you work with. So all of us in this auditorium, I had my sights set on that one person. In the middle of the lecture, the orientation lecture, one of the proctors stands up and says, well, we will have sign up sheets so everybody can just sign up and you can decide who you want to work with. And based on the signups, we'll determine who's best. We'll talk with you. We'll interview. So I'm listening. I'm like, oh, okay. You just sign up and let them know your qualifications and who you want to work with. And it's going to be a great three months of intense learning and application and practice and engineering and all this stuff. It's going to be great. This is what I'm thinking. I've already prepared my stuff beforehand. I've got the, the, the proposal I want to do. I've got the background of the guy I want to work with. It's everything is set up. So while we're all listening, it's a very quiet auditorium except for the speaker. While everyone is listening, they said, they mentioned that there were sign-up sheets and this little scrawny, socially awkward nerd kid who's sitting a couple seats in front of me and off to the left. I remember him jumping up like he had to go to the bathroom or something. Like he just seemed like in pain almost. He started yelling, excuse me, excuse me, and pushing his way through the, through the crowd. And I remember I was from Florida and university. This is one of the kids from MIT. So I'm like, oh man, it's weird MIT kid. So he runs out to the, to the aisles, speeds down the steps, almost falling over and bolts through the doors. It's like one of those, it's almost like a movie scene, right? Where the guy's, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, coming through, dropping papers, running down the stairs, door swings open, bangs up against the wall. And it's really loud in the auditorium. And everybody kind of laughs at this kid. It's like, all right, whatever. Well, right after they finished the, in the auditorium and they let everybody go, say, okay, just remember, uh, turn in your, the sign-up sheets are outside and the proposals, make sure you turn them in and we'll look at them all tomorrow and everything. So I go outside and quickly go to the sign-up sheet for the guy I wanted to work with. And of course, the MIT kid had written his name at the very top. And his proposal, I guess, was already in the Dropbox. There's like a little Dropbox where you put this stuff. So I'm like, huh, okay. So I politely wrote my name under his. I come back later and find out that I don't get that professor. I'm like, huh, I didn't get the professor I wanted. I had everything planned out. I had everything organized. I had my proposal lined up. I had the history. I had known the professor. I talked to him beforehand. What happened? So I went and talked to the professor. He's like, yeah, I just decided to go with the first person who talked to me. That changed my life entirely. All that work, all that preparation, 
all the skills I had. I mean, this kid was from MIT, but whatever. I don't know that he knew more than I knew about video game graphics systems and human computer interfaces. I had built systems like this in college before. I, I don't think this kid had done that or anything near that. But whatever the reason, and there may have been other reasons involved, but this guy actually decided to go with, quote, the first person that signed up on the sheet. And I thought back to that auditorium where I'm sitting here scared of what people will think about me. So I stayed in my seat along with everybody in the auditorium while this scrawny kid from MIT was able to take hold of the situation, run outside and put his name on the list as first to work with this guy. I forgot the professor's name, but very, very intelligent guy. And I, I still had fun during the internship and everything, but that one moment there, I was like, he beat me on speed alone. Speed. It's like everything else that might have mattered got thrown out the window because of speed and getting there first. And that really stuck with me. And from that moment on, I started realizing how essential speed could be in a situation. And when I started getting into sales, marketing, and branding, there's the first mover advantage, they call it sometimes, when you're the first person to talk to somebody. People are like, oh, well, this was the first guy that ever introduced me to computers, so I just started going with that person. Oh, this is the first social media network I ever logged on to, so I just have a certain affinity for it. Oh, well, this is the first time I ever ate Mexican food, so I just kind of base everything off of that. So it really got me thinking about being the first or if not the first, being at the being near the front of the pack and taking that very, very seriously. And being at the front of the pack requires moving fast. The first time somebody thinks about something, you may just be the person who influences them because you said it first or you spoke it first. I know a lot of you on AMP are creators right now. Maybe you're the first people on AMP that someone's actually listening to. Maybe you're the first person that's playing country music all the time on a platform that no one's that no one's using. I mean, it can be kind of scary. Like we have to deal with AMP outages and weird technical hiccups, but we're the first people here. So we get to set the, the stage. When people come in and use the platform, they see us first. So are you getting in front of people's faces? Are you putting your mark out there? Doesn't have to be the best mark. Doesn't have to be a long lasting mark. I mean, supposedly if you do it once, you can come back and do it again. So maybe you'll be able to bolster what you've done. But the first mover advantage is extremely important for any type of creator or creative. And there are a number of benefits, right? As always, let me know if you have any questions or comments because I've got a list of points and I'm going to go through them all and I'll add to it. But I definitely want your feedback. And have you, have you ever had any times where you could have been somewhere, but you just weren't first or you weren't near the front of the pack for some reason, or you arrived too late 
or things started early. You thought you were on time maybe and things started early and then you were left out. Those are bad feelings because they're not necessary. You can be faster in a lot of situations without damaging yourself. So what are some of the general benefits of going fast? As I said, you get more done in less time. And when stuff is, when you have more stuff done in less time, you're able to survey what you've done more easily and then make better decisions. You actually improve your work-life balance. If for some reason you're working on something and you feel you're going out of balance with, I'm spending too much time cooking, I'm spending too much time cleaning, I'm spending too much time on my way to work. I'm spending too much time at the grocery store. Go faster. That's the solution for a lot of stuff. And people are always looking for this. They used to say one weird trick or a life hack. Or, or you'll be looking at a TikTok and ain't no way. You'll find one of those ain't no way videos. And you're just looking for a simple hack. It's like, hey, if you just do this, it'll hack. And, uh, okay, sure. But maybe you just need to go faster. And there are a lot of ways to do that, but maybe you just need to go faster because speed will take care of a lot of problems. It'll increase your value. By going faster, you'll necessarily increase your value to people. If you think about when a, when a new product hits or you start hearing about a new, a new something at the store, the product that wins is often the ones who made it to the marketplace faster. Like you go to Target or you go to Walmart, you go to wherever you go and you find something in the store. It's like, oh, okay, it's here. How did it get here? That product was probably faster to market than hundreds of other products like it. Amazon won people over because shipping used to take five days minimum from from even the fastest outlets. It used to take five days, a week, two weeks. They used to have promotions in that you'd see in magazines allow three to five weeks for shipping and handling. Amazon said, screw that. When somebody wants something, they want it fast. They were able to change the entire logistical operations of the United States and now the world in order to make movement of product and freight faster. If you go back to the name Amazon, it was all about moving things along the, the river. How can you speed things to people? Put everybody by the river, start moving things down the river. That was one of the ideas for using that name. So you get more value to people faster and that increases your value. You don't have to have the greatest post if you're talking about social media. You don't have to have the greatest post. You don't have to have the greatest idea. But a lot of times you'll win if you just put stuff out faster. And there's there's downsides to this. Yes, I know. Like you, you've seen that in the news where a news report will come out and wrong, incorrect, incomplete, or just plain bad information will go out quickly. But the person that put that information out gets all the attention. They get all the retweets. They get all the reposts. If better information comes out after that, they can just offer an update. 
And this is how CNN started failing. And this is why CNN's having so many problems. I don't know if you guys remember, CNN actually tried to release a, an app. This, and this is way late. They released an app way late. They should have had an app out a long time ago. But they were too slow. They couldn't get it together. And by the time they released it, so many other things had, had supplanted everything they were doing. They actually closed the app in four days because they couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle the speed of putting news out, putting out corrections, making website changes, making blog changes, making app update changes. They couldn't handle the speed. They had grown so big, old, and slow that they released an app. People wanted certain things from it. They were crashing the servers. They were having problems with the workflow of, I have a news story. I put it out on the website. It needs to go out on the app. The app needs to get pushed out to Twitter and so forth. They had so many problems with it. It got shut down in like four days. They were too slow in their development. So another thing speed can do, you can reduce your stress. I know this may sound crazy. You think about going fast, you usually think about getting stressed and that is a, an, an issue. But if you, if you learn how to move things more quickly, you'll be stress-free. In fact, some of the least stressed people you see are that way because they're fast. So let's say your mornings are always slow and sluggish. If you work to speed up your morning routine, I don't mean just hustling. And let me stop right there. I don't mean just hustling when I say move fast. I mean, you're trying to get things in order so that the outcome returns to you faster. So that everything you do moves things forward more quickly. Every time I see a one piece of garbage, it's not like I go take it all the way out to the corner and put it in the waste, waste bin or the dumpster. That's slow. That's inefficient. I may be running while I'm doing it, but that's slow. What I do is I put a trash can in my house, so I let that fill up. Then I go take all the garbage out all at once to the street, to the waste bin, dumpster, whatever. Because in the end, that's faster. So with your morning routine, you put, try putting your clothes out late at night. That might slow down your night process, but we're not worried about that right now. We're trying to speed up the morning process. Put out your shoes, lay out the things you're going to do. Have your, have your music, your low-tech vibes or whatever you want to play. Have your lullaby music, have your, your babbling brook or your, your ambient noise your static or rainstorm, whatever, to get you to sleep faster. Once you start setting all this stuff up, you can wake up better. And then let's say you have a plan when you wake up. You put a, a bottle of water next to your bed so you don't wake up and you're stumbling into the kitchen. Just put the bottle of water next to the bed. Just maybe maybe put your alarm in your, in your sock drawer where you can still hear it, but you don't just turn it off and then accidentally sleep for 15 more minutes. These are all little things you can do that take more work, but will get you a faster outcome. So yes, by fast, I don't just mean hustling. I mean moving to organize all your energy towards getting to the result sooner. Now I've got my morning process down to about 20 minutes, comfort a comfortable 20 minutes. If I'm actually hustling, 
I can do it in 10 minutes. But I've got my morning routine down to 20 minutes. And this is down from an hour. I used to stumble around the house for an hour saying I won't rush myself. That was what I used to do. It'd be an hour, hour, 10 minutes or whatever of a morning process. And if I've only got eight, 12 hours in a day to really do what I need to do, then a whole hour out of that chunk, that's a big percentage of my time that's wasted. So that's just an example. And we can talk more about efficiency and productivity in another discussion, or if you've got questions on it, just throw them in the comments and we'll get to them. But I don't just mean hustling. So that's what I mean by reducing stress. If you have your things organized or ordered, you reduce your stress because you can do things faster and get on with spending your energy on better things. It's the trade-off, right? And going faster will also boost your morale. There's something about finishing quickly that boosts your morale. If you're ever if you ever have a situation where you always have to turn something in at a certain time, you realize that when you're faster and you just knock it out and get it done, if you're in the habit of doing it quickly, then you start to feel better about yourself. And once it's done, you kind of look back at it and smile. Like, how fast can I make dinner? How fast can I cook this up? How fast can I get the kids dressed? And it becomes like a game. It's fun. It actually is fun and will improve your morale. I remember one time my, the, the, mail, the mailman was supposed to show up. And my nephew was in his teenage years just shuffling around the house. Nothing matters. We can't do anything. Da, da, da. I was like, hey, you need to fill out that application for, for financial aid. He was going into college and working on applications. He was like, well... It's already too late. It's like three o'clock. The mailman comes at four o'clock. It's too late. I can't figure finish it up. Man, I I grabbed everything off the kitchen table, shoved it onto the counter, ran and grabbed the application, took out a laptop, and was like, "Come on, let's 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 start up this letter. We have fifteen minutes." He was like, "Come on, Unc, we can't get it done. I just it's my application." I'm like, "Look, you already have everything written out. Let's just do it." Banged it out. Banged it out fast, threw it in the envelope, ran into my dad's office. He doesn't like us going through his stuff, but who cares? I ran into his office. I couldn't find the stamps in the, in the kitchen, so I got some stamps from his office, put it on the letter, the application letter. Ran outside. I was like, go put this in the mailbox. My nephew was like, okay. And then like a minute after we put it, the mail application in the mailbox and closed the door, we hear the mail truck drive up. We did that in 15 minutes, and it was a good application. As I said, it was already written out. It just hadn't been transcribed onto, onto a proper printed format. So we just had to take it from a handwritten kind of thing and remix it a little bit and fold it up and write down everything that they required, the age, address, and all that crap that they ask you for on applications. Point is... We knocked it out in 15 minutes. We used that pressure. And the morale went up. His morale went up because he was like, you know what? 
I would have been stressing out over that application another day. I would have been waiting. I would have been waiting the rest of the night to finish that stupid application. But we did it faster. That's another thing. Speed necessarily requires time, right? So speed brings a deadline into place. And you're less stressed if you put a deadline on yourself and on your own pacing than allow it to be put on you by the world. You can, you'll, you'll notice this in any creative situation. If someone says, well, we have to get this done by tomorrow. It's like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm going to get it done in the next 12 hours. Forget 24 hours. I'm going to do it in 12 hours. Putting those limitations on yourself is fun. It'll build morale and it'll move you faster. And by the time you're quote unquote finished, then you can actually go back and look at what you've done and maybe make corrections, improvements, et cetera. So you reduce your stress and boost your morale. And guess what? You know why people don't like telling you to go fast? Aside from the fact that you upset them by leaving them behind and making them feel lost and confused, people want to slow down because they're lazy. And when you speed up, that actually makes them feel lazier, makes them look lazier inside. Unless they're secure enough to kind of deal with it and know what you're up to, it's just going to cause problems with people around you. But that's their insecurity that they have to deal with. Give it a couple tries and they'll get used to you moving fast. And all of a sudden they'll just be like, you know what? He likes moving fast. You get higher quality in the end. The faster you move, the higher the quality. Doesn't seem like it makes sense, but there's a book I recommend called Art and Fear. And it's based on this principle of doing more. And this is definitely true in the social media era where you need to get more out faster. To get higher quality in the end, you put out more content. You just put out more. You're like, how does that work? Well, in this book, Art and Fear, it basically outlined a situation where you had two separate groups of students at this university. This college professor wanted to try something out. So he tried out this situation that a lot of artists and creators deal with. Like, do I work higher quality or higher quantity? And there's always this argument going back and forth. Of course, you want higher quality, but without the higher quantity, then people don't know me. They don't see me. They understand this dichotomy, but creators tend to fall on the creative side and want to do higher quality. Well, the bridge to higher quality is the quantity, and this college professor figured that out. In his two groups of students, what he did was he told one group, listen, we are going to make a masterpiece. We're going to make this awesome quality product. You're going to make this avant-garde piece of work that's very, very defined. It's going to be, we're going to present it to all the dignitaries. It's going to be great. And this is the only thing you have to do this entire semester. So every day we're going to go look at your projects and see what you're working on. We're going to do the research, et cetera, et cetera. You have one project to do. And they were like, all right, cool. And they went to work. The other group of people was the quantity group. Professor told them, listen, we don't have time for all this nonsense. What we're going to do is we're going to release a project every week in the semester. We're going to start it on Monday. We're going to be done with it on Friday, or it may have actually even been two a week. If I'm, I forgot how the schedule went exactly, but it was a very, very short schedule for these art projects. And artists can spend months on things. 
And they're like, look, we just want you to make one a week or one every class session or however many it was, but we want you to keep putting them. I want you to put out one today, one tomorrow. We're going to call back. We're going to have another one. We're going to, we're just going to bang them out. And what this professor noticed is somewhere along the way, the people who were doing the quantity were able to learn faster just by doing it, just by figuring it out, just by continually banging out all these art projects. They were able to try all these things out. And in the end, what ended up happening is they often had pieces, they often had works, they often had output that was far greater, far greater than what the people who had a whole semester to work on these things did. And you're like, well, that doesn't seem right. These people sat back and thought about it for months at a time. They were really careful in crafting their works. They were very, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they thought because all the thought was in their head and it wasn't actually involved in making the thing real. And what speed requires is that you make something real and you put it out and you take that step. You take that motion. The very definition of slow is not having something that moves forward. There is no momentum behind slow. There is no gradual increase of a measurement, a metric. But when you're doing a lot of things very quickly and putting out a lot of music or a lot of art, So yes, in the end, speed will get us to higher quality. It seems counterintuitive to a lot of creators, and I know it feels upsetting, it feels uncomfortable, it feels awkward when you're just, quote unquote, rushing through things, but it makes a difference and it moves you forward. And you will get higher quality in the end. So those are some of the benefits, right? But what are some of the issues? I'd be amiss if I didn't mention some of the issues with speed that happens when you take speed to be the important factor. When you're going fast, you got to be sure not to lose yourself. You got to be able to stay grounded. And there's a certain level of safety involved in, in moving quickly. A lot of people don't really get how moving quickly can be damaging, but they sense it, right? Because you have to take more safety precautions. In a car, you have to put on a seatbelt. You have to obey the speed limit. You have to make sure that your, your alignment on your tires is good. You have to make sure that you're not driving over unsafe ground, whether it's gravel or oil on the road or whatever. Also with speed, you will leave others behind. This is a detriment. And you have to be okay with this. You have to be okay with this. And yes, Amp just crapped out on me and I lost a lot of my Hey, thanks for joining me on this podcast. You all make everything I do possible and I really do appreciate it. So even if you've got me on social, please visit mrbenja.com and see what's happening and how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, I'll see you next time. Peace.